Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 43rd edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by Disney's number one hater, Jaden. Hi. And PTA's number one fanboy, a.k.a. Fitzy, a.k.a. Liam. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. I got lost. It is the 43rd, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Cool, cool, cool. Excellent, excellent. I'm very happy with myself. I'm going to do that for the rest of time, but... If you're new around here, this is Cinema Effect, the podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and everywhere, almost everywhere, podcasts are found. I can't be bothered reading the whole list off at this point, but you know, Apple, Google, Amazon, we're there. Give us a shot, subscribe, we'd appreciate it. So yeah, so yeah, as always, we'd love you to submit your questions, thoughts, reviews for next week's film in the YouTube comments section. We got one today and that's exciting, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into that. But as always, we have our specific question of the show. We'll read your answers at the end of next week's next week's episode. Our question today is, what is a movie you had to force your way through? I think we've all got answers for this. We all have experiences like this. I've got plenty, so. You've got plenty for the show alone. Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, let us know. We'd appreciate that. This week we're reviewing Infernal Affairs, which opened in Hong Kong on the 12th of December 2002. It was directed by Andrew Lau and Alan Mack. It is a crime action drama, and the synopsis reads, A story between a mole in the police department and an undercover cop. Their objectives are the same, to find out who is the mole and who is the cop. Sounds, uh, Sounds vaguely familiar to me, you know? like I've seen something else like that. Yeah, I think um, didn't this director like a uh, Scorsese like try and do something similar? Scor Scor Scorsese Scorsese Scorsese. No. How do you say his name? Yeah, Scorsese. Yeah. No. no. Like this indie director. Yeah. 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 That was such a shit bit. That was so bad. <laughs> um. <laughs> Cut it then. We, we don't have time for that in the show. If it's shit, get rid of it. I feel like it might be endearing. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't reckon. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see anyway. Oh, God. Jaden, what do you think of Infernal Affairs? Um, I quite like Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, like, it essentially is just a less bloated departed. And, um, yeah. you know, yeah, and I, I really like that. It was more focused on, like, the characters and, and you know, their... I mean, I guess, I guess, like, like I think, um, the the Departed and this are, are very different movies, but they're pretty similar at the same time. So, like, well, I was gonna say this is more focused on the conflicts of the characters, but I guess Departed is just a different way. But yeah, uh, sorry, yeah, no, I, I liked it. Is the the baseline of that a lot? Yeah, yeah. So this whole discussion is going to be just inherently, I think, going to come back to the Departed a lot, just by virtue of the fact that. You know, and this is important information. I read the information about the film at the start, but The Departed, the best picture winning Martin Scorsese film, very famous film, this, oh, excuse me, was a remake of this film. So very similar stories and all that. So the comparisons are going to be strong throughout our conversation here um, just by virtue of what it is. So, yeah, cool. Liam? No, yeah, I thought it was pretty great as well. Um, it had its own, like, style to it and everything, and- um. Yeah, it was just like a more tight version of The Departed in a way. So, no, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Are you okay? You a bit sick or tired or something? 
Oh, no, I just woke up recently. So oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just looking out for you. I want to make sure. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Thank you. So um, much. that's okay. I uh, I like I like this movie a lot. Uh, for similar reasons, I like The Departed. I think the story is great. I love the dynamics at play and just the whole concept and the premise of what it is of the two moles and yeah, the back and forth and and the, the we get the field operations of them trying to figure out who's who and that's a lot of fun. We'll get into that, but yeah. I don't know. It is definitely, as you guys say, I'll reiterate that it is very much a tighter version of The Departed. The Departed feels like an expanded, like, director's Western cut of this film um, because it is significantly longer. I think it's, like, 50 minutes longer. Um, and some, in some ways I like that more and in some ways I don't. It, it depends sort of different aspects of this film they choose to expand on in the departed, which I like, and then some other things don't quite work as well. But yeah, I, I don't know. I do have a favorite of the two, but we'll get into that. So yeah, I know I liked Infernal Affairs a lot. That's for sure. Um, can I say I like the title a lot as well? When we got the uh, the text, which bookended the film at the start and the end of the continuous suffering, Dante's Inferno, which is unfortunately a name that has to trigger in my brain again after bloody uh english but i liked all that you know what i mean and i comparing the titles of the departed and infernal affairs this one makes a lot more sense i think thematically with the story they tell with lao um and his character and what you know the choices he makes and then where he's left up uh at the end of the film i like the consistency with that and obviously the play on the phrase internal affairs and so my love for this title sort of makes me think I can't even remember why The Departed is called The Departed. If it's you rewatched it, is there a reason? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I was thinking about that, but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, because I've got no idea, and I, I was just thinking about it because I liked this title so much. So I thought maybe I was just misremembering. I thought for the longest time that The Departed was about, like, dead people or something. I had no idea what it was about. I see this movie. Like, is that about, like, spirits or some shit? I don't know. But, yeah, I don't well, understand. It could be about, like, um, the, uh, they're, like, the departed in the families because, like, um, you know, it's all about, uh, like, um, they, uh, like, Leo's dad is dead and, like, Matt Damon's dad is dead and everyone's, like, family is, like, they're trying to, like, escape their class from their family or whatever. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, That's yeah, just yeah. A idea, but um, Infernal Affairs is a more uh, like makes more sense, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. I think generally speaking, I like the execution of The Departed better. In not every way, but generally speaking, this movie. What I love about it is, like I mentioned, when we get into the first every time, like they're trying to hold. There's a, I don't even know what what the hell am I trying to say? What what's it called? Like a drug meeting or whatever with the the cartel, and they've got a business operation going. The first one with the ties, um, and I think there's three in the movie. Um, and each time that happens, and the uh, the authorities are onto them, and they're trying to you know listen in and watch it and and figure out who's the mole and all that. I love all that side of this movie, um, just like I love it in the part of two. But 
that is where I think this movie is the strongest. And every time, you know, you get the tension of Lau and Yan kind of coming close to each other. And I love the theatre scene in particular. The part that I think has the pretty much the exact same scene, if I remember correctly, but where Yan's sitting up the back, like trying to look at Lau's face and, the you know, them trying to deceive each other is really cool. I like that a lot because we intimately know both characters, but it's cool seeing them come together, figure out who each other are, and then, you know, eventually it all sort of goes to shit. So, but that's what, that's my favourite part of the movie. When we start getting to... Um, some of the more, I guess, intimate stuff in the film, like some of the other characters and, um, yeah, like love interests, etc., and maybe other characters in the police department and the mafia, respectively. I, I think The Departed is much stronger in those areas. But, yeah, but yeah, no, that's sort of just a, a good general overview, I guess. Sorry, I was randy forever. But um, are there any particular of the action moments or more fast-paced moments that stick out to you guys as being particularly great? Or the, the first like meeting, like where they where they both realize that there's a mole in each other's like like um you know like respective organization. I think like that was so wonderfully created and so tense and so like I feel like I was holding my breath for like a lot of the sequence because like the, the fact that um police dude I I, I can't remember his name um. You know the fact that he was slowly getting onto that, and like it, it, it just felt like the like they they really started off with the bang, and felt like the tension was already like you know starting to boil over at that point, and like um yeah yeah I I think like that 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 first meeting was like one of my favorite ones like scenes just you know like set pieces um and like at like at that point in the film it like um some of the stuff still kind of felt a bit weird because you know it's obviously like a Hong Kong action film is not something I'm overly familiar with. So a lot of the choices were a bit weird, especially in the editing. But I feel like in that scene, it kind yeah. of all it all like culminated together really well, and it was all you know. I think like that's when it was proper thrusted into the movie, you know. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the best sort of introduction to what this movie does, action-wise, possible. And I think it only builds and builds until we get to uh, not the final confrontation, but the I guess it's the final car chase where. Uh, I don't want to get them mixed up, where Lau shoots the mobster Sam in the uh, car park. Like, everything there, the tension there, tracking him, and the choice itself for Lau to do that was really shocking. I'm like, hell yeah, you got him. Because I didn't remember anything like that that happened in The Departed. Maybe my memory's just fuzzy on it, but mm. I was still constantly sort of surprised by this movie. Yan getting shot in the head did not surprise me, obviously. And that, that scene's actually identical, pretty much, like, even to the elevators, like, uh, crushing his leg and stuff, but um, so that that did that was not surprising. But everything else sort of did. I forgot about um the superintendent getting thrown off the building. Um, but yeah, no, I loved all that stuff too. And it the way, yeah, God, I think it handles the dilemmas with its main characters really, really well. Um, the way we see Lao constantly struggling with the morality of what he's doing, and he kind of constantly is going back and forth. His wife is telling him. Uh, about this protagonist in the novel she's writing, which is clearly just a parallel to him. Is he good? Is he bad? And I loved the way it worked out for his character is the fact that, you know, he actually made the choice to be a good cop. He shot the mobster, turned on him. He's like, yo, this is, we're doing this. I'm going to give back uh, Lau his identity. Excuse me, I'm going to give Yan back his identity in the third act there. But then the fact that he just can't, bring himself to sacrifice 
I guess, jail time for himself. You know what I mean? He continues to hold on to that selfishness that he has, um, which is I'm, I want to make the right choice for me, but I'm also not willing to cop the blame for this because he knows, obviously, if Yan figures out who he is and he's going to go to jail for that, obviously. So I thought that was cool. And then that led to the whole th- choice that he had to do of uh, Lau getting shot in the head and Yan getting shot in the head. I'm going to keep doing that, guys. I'm sorry. I actually wrote down in my notes, like I started writing them down as just Matt and Leo, just for, for me. <laughs> so this is this is why I'm totally messed up on it. But I loved the Yan death seed because it was sort of, it's not what Lau intended. It was out of his hands, but it was sort of a direct consequence of himself not willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. And then alas, in the end, he lives in continuous suffering in continuous hell for what he's done. I just ranted again. Well, I'm really shit this episode. I apologize. Jaden, tell me about your thoughts on the editing extensively, because I've got some thoughts too. It's distinctly Asian. It is. It is. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think it's interesting to talk about because the departed's editing is something I've long critiqued and never liked. Um, and this film has definitely unique editing, but I think it works for me, you know, um, in a, in a Western film, like the choices to constantly fade to black between every scene and some of the slow-mo shots, some of the, the freeze frames, etc., like they would traditionally bother me. But there's something about, yeah, what you're saying, Jan, the Eastern style of this that sort of just, I don't know, makes it flow for me in a way that I much prefer this is uh, this film's editing over The Departed's, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, it, it, like, like that's like that's like my main comment. It's just like heavily reminiscent of like other works in that genre that I've seen. Not that I've seen a lot, but like you know, like Jackie, like you know, Jackie Chan movies, like you know, Play Story or whatever one he filmed down here. Like even like you know, Mission Impossible Two, because that had um, yeah. that director was was from Hong Kong, wasn't he as well? So like yeah. you know, you could kind of see those in comparisons too. Oh, like, that, um, I don't get it wrong, but like Johnny Wu or something. Like that. Johnny Toe, was it? Well, I'll look it up. Mm, can't recall. But, like, um, yeah, like, a lot of, the, like, it's, I, I, I don't, I, I kind of always expect, like, that stuff to be really jarring because, you know, we're, we're, we're very used to, you know, this Western style of editing. But, like, I think, you know, in, in our minds, we're able to pick up that in this context, it belongs and it fits, and like it's rather seamless. Not seamless, not seamless, I guess, but like you know, it's stylistically, it is the best way that the movie could have gone for it, you know. And I think, like, all sure. the you know, the quick cuts and the face to black, you know, it adds to the melodrama. And I think, while in a Western movie, the, the melodrama would not be needed, I think, like, it's a it's a it's a necess- it's 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 a it's ever present byproduct in Asian films. So I, I think like you know like hamming up that aspect is very, you know, I, I really you know I, I quite liked it. You know, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah. Because I mean, I think Mission Impossible Two is pretty bad, but yeah, it's yeah, hundred percent. It is something about it feels consistent with this film style, you know, and with the genre, I suppose, of what this film is. And in an interesting way, like it doesn't, I wouldn't say that a part it switches the genre, but it certainly switches the, uh, the, the stylistic nature of, uh, I guess just the, the, where in the world it's made, you know? Um, so that, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think this totally worked well, yeah, for me like, for the most part. Yeah. Like that's, that's like, like, well, well, the two films are pretty similar. Like I think they, they, they stand as their own monument of filmmaking for their own like civilization, you know? Yeah, I agree. So like, um, yeah. 
And I, I, I appreciate what they did with the Departed and how, how much they slowed it down and they kind of turned it into, a, 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 you know, they they kind of leaned into the thriller aspect a bit more like with that slow burn thriller. But I really enjoy, like, this fast-paced take on it as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting how it's just sort of two sides of the same coin in that way, I suppose, yeah. But there is something for me, you know, there is a lot to praise about the approach this film takes with the same story in terms of, like I mentioned, I really like the focus on the two characters and how those are handled and the action pieces and and so on and so forth and the climax. But there is definitely something to be said for me about the way The Departed chooses to expand on that, um, especially with some of the other characters. Because when I think about The Departed, you know, I think about how much I loved Martin Sheen in that movie, how much I loved Mark Wahlberg was hilarious in that movie and Jack Nicholson as well. And these supporting characters are so memorable in that movie. Um, And they need to be more memorable because of the much more significant role they play in the story compared to this movie, you know, like, like the, the superintendent, this movie is fine. You know, he's a, he's there. He's got not nearly as much screen presence as Martin Sheen does. Um, same goes for the mob boss again. He's fine. He's generic, but you know it's unfair, of course. But comparing him to the charisma that Jack Nicholson brings to to the screen, it's like this is where The Departed is a strong uh, favorite in my eyes in that aspect. And then, yeah, I think the same critique sort of applies to the Yan's romantic interest, the psychiatrist. You know that just felt that felt off to me. Do you? Do you have any thoughts on that, Fitzy? Especially because I did remember, I sort of forgot about this, but the psychiatrist is in uh, The Departed as well, and that's sort of different. I didn't mind it. Uh, Was the kid, was that his kid? Because, like... Yeah. Yeah? It was? That's what I got from it. Right, yeah, because he's in, like, five, six years, and then she didn't want to be with him because he was a criminal, right? Or she thought he was a criminal. Yeah. No, yeah, I didn't mind that. Yeah, the other relationship was okay too. I mean, it didn't bother me. So. Sure, sure. You know, I don't think it bothered me either, but it was just this, it was sort of bizarre. We get the one visit to the psychiatrist and, I don't know, like he clearly likes her, but it's sort of awkward. And then he goes back there and they just, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, okay. You know what I mean? It just feels like they they are now a romantic couple, cool, and then it's over. Like we get, I think she has like four minutes of screen time. It's just sort of odd. Um, and same goes with the insertion of the other, uh, I don't know, mother character, I suppose, the ex-girlfriend character. I feel like there was something that could have been done to maybe combine those characters or expand upon them in some way. That just felt sort of like thrown in there in the movie a little bit for me. Um, because if memory serves in the part, I did really love when uh, like Leo sort of really um, has cool conversations with the psychiatrist and expands upon, you know, his mental state, his psyche and how it affects him. And I don't really get that from this movie, you know, so that's sort of a, another point to the departed. If I'm going to keep going with this comparison. Did you say Leo? Is, is Leo a character name in the departed or is that an actor? Oh, no, Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, but he's not in the departed, is he? Yeah. Is he? He's the main character. Oh shit. He is too. Oh my God. I can't, I thought that was Mark Wahlberg's role. No, Mark Wahlberg plays a different role, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, crap. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> sorry, you didn't be so saying Leo, and I was like, Leo, Leo. I was like, who the fuck's Leo? But yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's really funny. That's all right. But, yo, Mark Wahlberg, I don't think, is there a Mark Wahlberg substitute character in this movie? I don't think there is. There's probably one of those inspectors in the meeting or, like, one of those higher-ups or whatever. 
Yeah, yeah, it must have been. But, oh, dude, I loved him in that movie. God, he was great. Yeah. Well, there's no Martin Sheen either in this. The superintendent isn't, is it? Well, you watched be, it more recently than that me. Would be, that would be Baldwin. Oh, of course, yeah. Although he's, he kind of like, he's kind of like both because he's the only one that knows him. He's the only one that um has uh the undercover cop's uh, identity. So he's like, he's Sheen and also... Uh, Baldwin, I guess. Well, so wouldn't, they, oh, okay. wouldn't the Infernal Affairs version of Sheen being the one that died at the start? You know, like, when they have, like, the funeral and, like, Ian, like, stands off to the side, like, in the alley and he, like, salutes him as they were past. Like, that was the other oh. dude that recruited him, so wouldn't that be that movie's version of, the, of Martin Sheen? Yes, but... Oh, yeah. But I guess, in a sense of, like, um, like the undercover cop's relationship, uh, he would be Sheen because, he, you know, he's the one that falls off the building and he's the one that, like, Mm. Keeps contact with him and all that. He's the only one that like knows his uh has his identity. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. I mean, yeah, that sort of took two from that. Then that makes sense. This movie does have a pretty significant difference, divergence in its ending. Um, if I'm not mistaken, so this movie ends with, of course, Yan gets popped in the head, like I mentioned. Really cool scene in both the movies, in my opinion. But then we have the funeral. We have the sort of underlying, like, feeling of Lao feeling like a piece of shit for this. And that's sort of where the movie ends there um, with the text of the continuous hell thing coming up, like I mentioned. But so is is does Leo have a funeral in The Departed, Fitzy? Is that sort of a... Yeah. yeah. Does that same scene happen? Yeah, it does. Yeah, he, yeah. You see Matt Damon and the psychiatrist. Uh, cool cool okay yeah so there, there is that equivalent scene so then the actual ending of the departed being mark Wahlberg's uh attack on matt damon that is just an additive scene yeah i guess so. i feel like i like both endings maybe equally i love the departed ending i think matt damon sort of getting his comeuppance there in that movie was really satisfying um and i love the final shot of the departed i think it's awesome the rat running across the other uh, balcony um but i don't know this movie sort of fulfilled a similar i don't know I, I don't think it's as memorable as that final shot the part and that stuck with me that final shot so i don't think it's quite on that level but the book ending of the of the text popping up is sort of equivalent to being just as satisfying of a viewing experience i think i think that just comes back to the fact that michael was saying before like they're the same film but you know it's it's it's, it's they're, they're quite different in, in you know in their cultural aspect and that's why both they need to satisfying because because of the way they, they handle the characters within, like, you know, the, like that's where it's unique in, in the way they explore each other, and that's why Warburg getting beat up is more satisfying. No, not Warburg, yeah. uh, Damon, sorry. But um, yeah, yeah. But for this, like, layout being, you know, kind of like, kind of redeemed is, 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 is kind of satisfying because of, the, because of the way they explored that throughout the film with his wife, and, yeah, like you were saying before, about his ambivalence and his role. Totally, because I don't really recall it if... I don't really think Matt Damon, like at that point, the audience would sort of want him to redeem himself. You know what I mean? I feel like in that, in that story, if I'm remembering it correctly, you'd sort of the comeuppance there would be, is stronger him getting killed. You know, mm. because but I feel like we do see more of Lao struggling with it, um, which makes you know this movie's ending sort of work for that. I especially liked the touch of you know them constantly tapping their fingers and the the notion of if you're a uh, if you're doing something you're not paying attention to and you're watching and you're looking at other people and you, you know, you're being watched, then that person is a cop. 
And I loved that that sort of came back to that's exactly what Leia was doing, you know. So it's like he is a cop at heart, you know. He is he is that good person, but he just can't he just can't fully get over that hurdle of the choices he's made. Cool touches. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I think the Departed lacks stuff like that. If I, yeah. I think the ending speech from Lau that you mentioned is really great. Like, you know, kind of brings around, uh, kind of makes sense of the title as well. Like he's living in a constant hell, and I mean, that's paraphrasing, but you know, how he says all that. Yeah, totally, totally. This movie feels very consistent with what it's trying to say and its themes and and the like. Yeah. It all comes around. Uh, have we got any thoughts on the score? Uh, maybe it is just a Western versus Eastern thing. I didn't really like it very much, though. Uh, no, I thought, it was, I thought it was good. I think, like, in the um, the death scene, the scene where the superintendent, like, you know, hits the taxi and then it's got, like, the massive, like, melodramatic score. I thought that was, like, jarring at first. Yeah. Then I kind of liked it because it was just, like, very, like, unique and... I thought it like, fit with the film, as, as you were saying. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right, I, I see, yeah, because it sort of just ended up clicking with you like the editing did for me. The score, yeah, the score didn't quite do that for me. I thought that that scene, the exact, it's funny, it's the exact scene I was thinking of that made me take note of the score. I thought, yeah, that didn't really work for me. I thought it was pretty bad, personally, but... Because it was a lot, you know, as you say. It was very on the nose. Um, I think I had a similar problem with The Departed at the start, but, like, um... Like the first fifteen minutes, I I I struggled to figure out which characters which. Like from like, like you know, like how he's talking to the boy at the start. I was yeah, I I was I spent yeah. ages trying to figure out whether the the, the the like the kid that Sam was talking to was 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 Lau or was Ian. And like for a second, I thought it was Lau. But I was like, oh wait, no, no, it makes it's it's Ian. But they're like, no, no, it's the other one. And like I had like I, I remember like the same issue with the departed, like. And that's probably just an issue on myself because you know, if I'm not being able to like pick up on that, but like, like for the first like ten fifteen minutes it was, it was it was a bit of hell. No, I was the same. I was the same. Um, it took yeah. It finally like finalized clicked for me when I think they actually had to they had a quick edit in there where they just like showed face to face the old, the young version and the current version of yeah. the character. Yeah. Like, okay, got it. Thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I needed that. But then like at the end they 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 cut back to it as well. Because like they were in the same police academy, weren't they? And like um, but then like they cause, like you know like how that other cop shows up, at, like the other mole shows up at the end, and you know he he pops it in. Like was he part of the, that group of boys as well? Like the one like that that Sam was talking to at the start? Because like I think yeah. when he shows up, like he like that was another thing as well. Okay, right. Yeah, he well, he was, but I only knew that because they quickly cut to that. They show us, you know, okay, like yeah. I think like he shoots him, and, and then. Lau's like confused as to who the hell are you, and then they do the thing of like cut back to the meeting in the when they're all standing in the line, and it's like, oh yeah, it's that guy right there to the to the left. But if they yeah. if they were part of the same group of boys and went to the same like academy, then shouldn't they've like been able to keep up with each other? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. Yeah, that guy like I liked that moment in terms of just for a character reason of how it took the moment out of Lau's hands. Like he didn't want to kill him and it was just, it just happened um, by virtue of the choices he's made, but you know, he didn't really want it to happen. It happened anyway, but yeah, no, it sort of did feel a bit random just throwing that character in there at the end, you know, I did like it overall, but yeah, Mm. it wasn't like, Oh, that was a character we knew from, you know, 
20 minutes ago or something or whatever. Well, we did see him because he was kind of um, because like like when 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 Lao got his promotion, wasn't he like the um, wasn't he like the second in command or whatever? Oh, he might have been. Huh. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, didn't notice that. That may very well be true. In which case, fair enough. Got some trivia for you here. All right, Martin Scorsese, director of The Departed, claims he was unaware that his film was a remake of this one during filming. Do we believe him? Wait, what? How's that even? So. Is that something, I don't know, I just really doubt that, because, like, I think the themes of both are kind of stuff Scorsese, like, always, like, likes anyway, like, the weight of the weight of sin and stuff like that. So, I, I doubt that he wouldn't, like, been inspired or know about it. I don't know. I, I think, I, I don't know, I can, I can see it. I can give him the benefit of the doubt in the sense that, if you think about Scorsese, he really doesn't write his movies often anyway. So oh, I don't even know if he ever has, to be honest, but it's not something he's known for. So he often attaches himself to scripts that sort of come to him through the studios. So I could see it being a situation. Yeah, I, I, I also find it hard to believe it wasn't told at any point. But at the same time, if he's just, you know, I'm sure he gets scripts piled on his desk a lot. And if he's just scrolling through them and, and reads this one, He's like, oh, this is a great script, and yeah, because for the same reasons you mentioned, Fitzy, oh, it's got a lot of themes I really like. Yeah, let's do this movie, and he, no one ever told him like that the script itself is a remake of something else. I don't know. I guess that's possible. I mean, like as a director, like you know, you have to have like a complete awareness of everything that's going on with your film. Like, surely that's like, surely that's like the fact that you're this is inspired by something, or you, it's a, a remake. You know, surely that has to be like knowledge number one to you. Yeah, I'm so, yeah, 100%. I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised. Especially since I don't think anyone involved in this movie's creation has a credit on The Departed. Like, often you see um, situations where someone gets a writing credit because it's based on characters, you know? Mm. Um, didn't even see that, so that's sort of surprising. Do we want to get into Spooky's review? Let's do it. Let's do it. Luke wrote a review for Infernal Affairs. He says, I went into Infernal Affairs with no ideas or expectations, and I was pleasantly surprised. The topless loading rifle scene was a bit weird, but okay. While I really enjoyed, sorry, excuse me, what I really enjoyed was that the identities of the mole were immediately known to the audience. I would have hated to see three different people who could have been the mole, and then the climax revealed who it was. SP Wong's death was great. Oh, yeah, this is the guy who got dropped off the car. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Death was great, emotional, and a shock, and I felt the tension was held strongly. Six out of ten. What? Six out of ten? Oh, he did this, remember he did yeah, this for yeah, Little yeah. Women? Little Where he's like, amazing sense. movie, seven out of ten. But like then, like even in like the group chat, he said, wow, that was actually pretty decent. Like, as it, yeah, jeez, okay. He's just harsh. I, I respect it. You know, he's got his different criteria for I mean, the rankings. The words matter more than the, uh, than, than the number anyway, I guess. Of course, yeah. of course, of course, yeah. Thank you very much. Like to be honest, I've got no idea what he means when he says the topless loading rifle scene. Is it like the uh, police academy, like the training stuff, like the training montage, like they, they, you know, when they're doing their jogs and like their their drills. Oh, and they weren't wearing shirts. Yes, I thought that was weird too. <laughs> I totally agree with you, Luke. Sorry, for some reason, right? When you say the topless loading rifle scene, this is such a me thing. But I thought you were referring to like the way a gun was loaded or something. I don't know. I apologize. That makes no sense. Yes, I agree with you, Luke, 100%. I also thought it was weird that they weren't wearing shirts. I was really shocked by how much I was affected by um, 
was it Kong? Was that was that the like the the idiotic bodyguard? Was was his name Kong? Kong. Yeah, yeah, or Kyung, yeah. Whatever yeah. you say. Yeah. I I was shocked by how much I was affected by his death, because uh, like because like as a character, I was I was like you know he, he's he's a, he's a nothing character, you know, he's just a bit of cannon fodder, you know, a bit of a throwaway. But then like you know as he's talking and like you know and then like he crashes it, like I I was shocked by how much that actually like affected me. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Much of the degree that like like that 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 SP Wong's death did, but like I was surprised because like as, like you know leaving, I didn't really give a shit. But like you know when he was dying, I was like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. I was sort of in, indifferent to it. Like it didn't have no impact, but I was sort of like I would have liked a bit more screen time with him because I just feel like we got maybe five minutes before that, and he's just sort of the goofball character, you know, and that's fine. Um, and and his death sort of felt a bit random the way it sort of came about, you know, sort of. Like, did he have a stroke or something? Was he just having a panic attack? No, he got shot in the in the gun battle when. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes because you know, I forgot about that, and he's just driving and he's sweating. I'm like, what's, what's wrong with him? Mm. Dumb me. Yeah, there you go. Fitzy was Kyung, your favorite character. I won't say favorite character, but it's definitely up there. Top three. Top three, yeah. But um, okay. his death scene was um, yeah, it was definitely better than the. The uh the equivalent in the um the departed and I thought like the uh just like the way that you know the car crash and the the beeping heading to the tension and everything that was like a really uh good way to go good way to do it. I really love the um the way they fill the world at the start the way like the conversations they have like when when Leo goes into by the speaker like it's. The the you know the how how mundane the conversation is and it's you know it's, it's such a normal interaction. I really enjoyed that way and it, it it reveals so much of the characters in that interaction, even though like it never directly addresses anything about their actual character. And like it's like that, and then also like you know at the station when they're talking about like you know their their lunch or whatever, like, you know like it's it's um I really lo- I really love like the mundane interactions in, the, in the, at the start of the film. I think as the film progresses, there's less of them because you know, has to keep up with the story. But like, um, in the in the in the in the build up and the creation, I really enjoy those aspects. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I am. Um, well, speaking of the uh, time spent in the station and such, the film I like it a lot aesthetically. I think The Departed borrowed a lot from just the look of the actual like I don't know pol- police station or whatever the bureau. No, no, didn't know about this. He can't borrow anything from it. Yeah, of course, of course. Which, yeah, but that actually makes it even more funny because I think there are clear aesthetic parallels. I think, like, don't uh, Yarn and Leo wear, like, very similar wardrobe? <laughs> yeah. Very similar wardrobe? Yeah. Well, they got, like, the same dark jacket? Yeah, weird. But, no, yeah, I really like the, the look of it. It sort of feels gritty and sort of uh, graded in a way that feels sort of grey. And, I don't know, yeah, it's still got life and personality to it. I, I like it a lot. And then... Plenty of cool shots. I love, love, I love all the shots um, in the final confrontation on top of the skyscraper um, with uh, who's pointing the gun at who? Lau's pointing the gun at Yarn, I think, right? Um, no, other way around. Is it the other way around? Okay, cool. My apologies. Um, I, I haven't been mixing up the characters' names the whole time, right? No, you've been pretty good. Very good. I, think. Um, I was I was concerned that that might have just been what I'd revealed. Um, but I love all those shots and just yeah, seeing Hong Kong sprawling out there and while well, that was put together was really cool. I like that a lot. Mm. I I think it's easier to 
I mean, I guess like because they're locals, I guess they they've got a different way of perceiving it. But like, it's I think often when you think Hong Kong, you're gonna think of like neon saturated streets, and I think I really like how they they didn't go with that approach and how it's you know it's like you said, it it, it is more grayed out and it is a bit more grittier than 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 like what you think like a Western film would shoot there, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely, hundred percent. I must say, when uh, Lao deletes, well, hang on, what? So, so Lao and Yan are sitting in the office. They think they're all G. Um, oh God, don't get it confused, Zach. Yan walks out and he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to give you back." No, that's no, no. Lao, yes, yes. Sorry, Lao walks out and says, "Yeah, I'm going to give you back your identity." Um, and he's like, I don't know, he's going to the other room and he's doing that and stuff. And then that's when, uh, old mate Yan sees uh the the what do you call it the friggin thing that holds paper folder the folder <laughs> thank you <laughs> oh this is bad um and it's got like and, and he puts together the fact that he's seen that exact folder before because of the marking on it the drawing on it um and that's how he figures out of course that Lao is the mole um so he decides to leave the office at that point and then because he's left when Lao comes back, Lao realizes, oh shit, he knows. So now I'm going to delete his file. I'm just saying, if Yana had just stuck it out, taken his file back before he did anything, you know, too soon, before he made any sudden movements, he, everything would have been okay. I think that was a poor choice on his part. Well, wasn't there a similar thing in The Departed? Like, did, didn't like a pretty, like, yeah, and like, cause I like, like I don't know. Watching the departed that pissed me off. Like, cause I kind of expected it coming up in this one. I was, I was, I was alright with it. What well, where Leo like leaves when he could have just waited and taken his file, like a similar thing. Yeah. Really? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Not a fan of that. Not that it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, it's a character choice. The cha- character makes that decision. That's fine. But yeah, I don't know. Don't know if don't know if a lot of people would have done that. Let's uh, let's chuck you on a call for ten years and then bring you in and see how you react. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a big social experiment. I feel like I'd be that desperate just to give him my friggin' file back. I'd I couldn't give a shit what that guy had done. I'd be <laughs> like, yo, just give me that friggin' file and I'll be out of here. Let us reveal our final verdicts for Infernal Affairs, Jaden. Um, uh, uh, probably an eight out of ten. Whoa! Did you? Holy <laughs> shit! Well, oh my god! I can. I think... <laughs> Wait, what up? It sounded like a sniper bullet went straight through your window. <laughs> it sounded like a transformer sound, but <laughs> yeah, that's better. Yeah, it's it's better. Better. yeah, it did. It's fun. Oh my god! I mean, I'm convinced I already have tinnitus, but when I get it diagnosed, I'm going to blame you. So, how'd you say it? Tinnitus? How you meant tinnitus? How you meant that? Tinnitus. Tinnitus. Well, I was yeah. I just actually fundamentally got the spelling wrong. That's bad. Um, uh, sorry. Yeah, eight out of ten. Anything? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eight out of ten. Um, which is a lower numerical score than the party, but I don't think that's because it's a lesser film. I just think it's preferences and stuff like that. I, I think they're both quite equal in most aspects, but yeah. So, just on a personal level, in terms of a numerical score, this cops an eight. Cool. Fifty. Oh, yeah, 8 as well, 8 out of 10. I don't know what I like more, but I think this is just a really solid action film with some uh, great scenes. It's uh, 
got like going on and um you know just really uh stylistically pretty cool yeah my gut tells me to go with a seven you know and i sort of wonder if that's sort of unfair comparison to the departed you know because Because you're racist yeah exactly it's because i'm racist 100 percent. that's that's definitely it um (laughs) but i don't i do come back to like some of the side characters i just feel like that some of them were really lacking for me i don't know some of the the romantic connections there and I do wish I cared more about Wong's death, you know. I'm glad that it, it mattered for Luke and that's cool. Again, maybe a combination of knowing it was coming, but still, like, like I just didn't really care about Wong, you know. Um, I wish that character had more screen presence. So, I don't know. I don't know. Some of the side stuff sort of does weigh down on me. I'll give it a seven, but I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I like that. And I hope it becomes more of a running joke that you're just racist and hate international films. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. So... Add it to the list, or so I'm racist because, yeah, um, uh, that so that works with the subtitle thing as well. Yeah. Um, black and white films. What does that make me? Ageist. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> uh, what what did you give Little Women again? Oh, I gave it an eight. Oof, so does that make me? Damn it! I'm like, I'm like, almost maybe soon could be sexist. Or no, is it because I gave Undertow a six, and that's a you know, a very feminine film. Yeah, I reckon you're borderline sexist, mate. Okay, we'll go with borderline, and I'll cross the line presumably within the next few weeks. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what we review. All right, let's get into news chat. Uh, I'm just going to throw out some things. I don't know what's going to stick. I don't know what there is to talk about, but just some rapid-fire news chat. Information for you if you don't know it, and uh, we'll see what happens. So... No Time to Die, been pushed all around the place. It was meant to come out April 2020, pushed to November 2020, pushed to April 2021, now once again pushed to October 2021. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we're waiting for this movie longer. I've sort of just, I know we've got plenty of trailers, but I'm sort of just have, haven't even considered that we're going to see this movie anytime soon anyway, so this isn't really that surprising to me, you know. Wasn't the initial release date November twenty nineteen, but then it got pushed back for the studio reasons. But then, and then after is when like all like the virus like stuff like happened. That is correct. I was just yeah, I was I forgot it because I was thinking of the COVID delays. Yep, you're right. That is true. Yeah. So this movie, hey, it's going to come out two years originally uh, since it was meant to. It's wild. Here we go. I'll throw out there that Godzilla. Versus Kong. This movie, this movie's got a pretty wild story. To be totally honest with you, it's uh, it's been in development forever. It's it was shot, it was filmed in the can. I think over a year ago, if I'm not mistaken, like before COVID, it was done. Um, and we still haven't had a single trailer. Haven't seen a single second of footage from this movie. Um, it was part of the HBO Max lineup that's getting uh released that way this year, and the release date has been moved up. This movie is coming out in March. It is mere weeks away, and we have still seen zero footage for it. And it's like a genuine, you know what I mean? It's not like some smaller film for HBO Max. This is a, you know, hundred hundreds of millions of dollars of budget here. This is a one of their blockbusters was meant to be. So it's pretty pretty interesting. I don't know. Doing a Cloverfield, Godzilla versus Kong. No, like like Cloverfield, they they, they dropped a trailer like a month before release. And like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what? Didn't they drop it the day off? Am I wrong? I think didn't that they dropped the... wasn't that for ten. Clo- wasn't that for um the the Cloverfield paradox? 
Yeah, that's right. So did they do it again on another Cloverfield movie? I think the first one, they really, they dropped a trailer like a month beforehand. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Huh. That's cool. So yeah, this is a similar situation. It's pretty wild. Don't know if I care, but I haven't seen any of these other... I don't Monster movies, I don't think I've seen one in my life, to be totally honest. You need to change that. What are some... Other than Cloverfield, I know you've you've sung its praises, and I think I would like it. Are there any others? Like, are they, these recent Godzilla movies worth my time? Um, I quite like it. Like, 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 honestly, probably not. They're, they're, it's, it's, it's rather generic action trash, to be honest, probably. But like, I, 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 I find them rather enjoyable, especially Kong Skull oh. Island. I, I don't really like that one. That one was quality. Like that one was I actually. Like, people like that. That one yeah. was actually a decent one. Whereas the Godzilla ones are kind of just you know, just like action, just you know, shit. But like, I, I, I still like the Godzillas are like visually pleasing. You know. Okay. Yeah. 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 I know that Kong movie has some has a good uh cast as well, so Yeah. That'll be the one I check out, I think, if I do. And the director's in Death Stranding, so check it out for Hideo as well. Oh yes, he is, yeah, yeah, of course. Mm. I love how like um Edgar writes it as well, but like, you know, he doesn't have anything special. He, he's just <laughs> he's just a distributor. Like he doesn't have any special type like, you know, he doesn't have any like special things. Yeah, there's no like hologram Simon Pegg and Nick Frost there. Oh, that'd been so epic. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Edgar, that was, thank you, Jan. I don't, I don't think that was deliberate, but if it was, no. that was fair play to you. Fair play to you. Edgar writes, last night in Soho, um, got a release date of the 22nd of October this year. Still no trailer, right? I don't think so. No, not yet. Okay, cool. Uh, presumably that's not far away, though. Well, we, the, they just released a few more images in Empire, like, this week, so mm-hmm. hopefully... Along with that drop, that means there's a trail soon. Ramping up the campaign, yeah. 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 Very cool. Very cool. All right. Uh, that's it for news chat, unless we want to talk about Liam Neeson saying he's going to retire from action movies for the 80th time. <laughs> so <laughs> He's like, bro, you're like almost 70. You should probably stop, you know? Probably. It's like how Clint Eastwood retired after, like, um, after Gran Torino, but then, like, it was, like, back a few years later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fair. God bless Clint Eastwood. I mean, Gran Torino is an awesome movie, but like at the same time, like I want him to keep making movies. He's like ninety. Good for him. No, it, it was meant to be like um his on his his last on screen appearance, but then Oh, yeah, yeah, like, he, 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 yeah. He was, he was going to keep on doing shit behind the camera, but like that was meant to be his last acting thing. But then obviously that Got changed. It. Oh god, that would have been that would have been a really powerful last performance. But oh, and that's why it was meant to be because of the the events of Gran Torino. Like that was meant to. That's why he wanted it to be like his last. Right, right. Well, that's <laughs> sort of interesting, actually. But then, yeah, he did the mule, and yeah, he did that. I don't know if there's anything else, but anyhow, anywho, highlights of the week. Fitzy, what have you been watching? Um, Shattered Glass. I watched that in Shattered Glass, which is um just about this um news this um true based on true story about this journalist who faked elements of a story or fake stories um for the uh for the New Republic, and it's um pretty simple movie, but Hayden Christensen and uh. Peter Sarsgaard and yeah, Hayden Christensen is like really amazing in it. Um, I've only seen I've only seen the House movie 
what's it called? Build a house or some shit. Uh, other than Star Wars, <laughs> with um, life is a house. That's it. Without um, you know, with Hayden Christensen. Uh, apart from Star Wars, but um, no, nah, and this role is like really, really amazing, and it's pretty funny because um, he's like, he has the same kind of like acting like situation or like arc that he does in like Revenge of the Sith, where he's like <laughs> saying that. You know, he's higher up. His editor is like betraying him by not backing him, but he's the one that's doing like, you know, he's doing bad shit. And you know, he plays the like, um, you know, he he plays the character who's like trying to act innocent, but is really, you know, always like putting on the front, like really well. And um, the way he slowly crumbles over the movie, and then Peter Sarsgaard kind of gets more you know, adamant about him, he, he's kind of reluctant at first because they all don't like him because, you know, he replaced this really great uh, editor, and so Hayden thinks he's, like, you know, he's jealous, and, you know, it just makes for a really good drama there, their casting and their performances, and, uh, um, no, yeah, it's really amazing, so. Nate, I'm glad to hear that Hayden's really good in it because... I don't think he's a bad actor, but you know it's it's good to hear that he's got something out there that you can point to and say, "Look, look, he's good there," you know, because he does get or he has been shit on, not so much anymore. People love him these days, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, this might be his most like acclaimed film. Like, I, I guess Richard said, "There's rated higher on like IMDb or whatever," but like, apart from that, oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's been much else that. You can point to, so yeah, it's really great. Little Italy, who's a dying. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very cool. You know, I resisted the urge to insert any sort of prequel meme into that entire thing. So. Yeah, I was waiting for you to like say, liar, or something like that. <laughs> From my point of view, the Jedi are evil. All right, Jan, you go. Curious. <laughs> 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 um,. I kind of watched like balls all this week. Um, I watched Texas Chainsaw, like the twenty thirteen version, and like that 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 was a lot better than what the Letterbox score is. Like the Letterbox average is like a one point nine, which is horrendous. Um, yes. <laughs> um, but like it's 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 really not that bad, and I'm really actually genuinely surprised about the score because we're presented with a very different story of you know from compared to your traditional. Texas Chainsaw movie and like um like it starts off with a bit of mob justice and then the way that comes to you know impact the film later on and like it's 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 actually rather interesting from like that from from a slasher film um but then like at the same time it has like all your you know all all the good stuff of good deaths and shitty acting and you know all all the exploit exploitation type of stuff and it it was it was actually decent film cool cool okay couldn't recommend it to either of you though because i because both of you would probably hate it but you know oh okay yeah i was gonna say i feel like this is a genre i need to explore but apparently not watch the original but don't watch the 2013 one okay okay very good i watched uh pride and prejudice and i liked it the story was a bit of a slow burn for me in terms of, not in terms of its pacing, I think it's quite engaging the whole way, but just in terms of 
the the core relationship in the movie and the way it builds and it's sort of just I sort of I'm still sort of confused by it to be honest and I don't I feel like that's maybe what the the original source material is going for but it's sort of odd to me and the whole movie I was sort of confused by this relationship and why it's a thing and but I don't know I enjoyed the movie I thought it was well shot and you know I really liked all the sets and costumes and all that and it's well performed and Kira Knightley's just I know she's got so much screen charisma she's great and just the way she delivers lines, and she, she's really engaging. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and then, like, who else? Donald uh, Sutherland's really good in the movie, too, and I've got a lot of good things to say about it. I like all the performances and and the, you know, uh, the way in which the time period is brought to life, I suppose. But I wouldn't, you know, rave personally. I wouldn't say it's the most amazing thing ever. I was surprised to click on it after I watched it on the good old Letterboxd and see that, the most popular rating is five stars. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And maybe that just has come from a place of seeing it as an adaptation of the source material because I had no idea it was an adaptation of anything because I'm ignorant. So There's your sexist ticked off. Oh, yes. Doesn't recognize female authors. Yeah, I'm sexist done, confirmed. Um, I've got the holy trinity now. Uh so yeah, I know idea about that. So maybe if you are aware of the story and are looking at it as this adaptation, then maybe it really stands up. It probably does actually because it is uh, really well executed. So yeah, I liked it. You should check out uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and that'll be uh, more up to your speed. <laughs> that actually came up as like a, you know, like a uh, similar thing on IMDb. It comes up on down yeah, below yeah. there. Uh, I'd actually recommend it. It's quality. <laughs> Isn't Lily James in that? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I think the Terman is by the same um, director. It's also got Kieran Elena. That's really, really great. Oh, cool. Okay, I might have to check that out. That could be like a spiritual sequel for me. Cool. All right, as always, now we hand the show over to you with our question of the show. Last week we asked you, what is your favorite aspect of movies in general? Broad question, but we appreciate these very quality answers, I must say. Andy wrote in and said, the aspect I appreciate most in movies, the editing. It's probably an element not a lot of people consider when it comes to watching films, but there's just something satisfying about putting one shot next to a different shot to tell a story. As a person who's made short films, editing is perhaps the most emotionally connecting, in quotes, part of the filmmaking process because you can have the opportunity to build together and create a story by cutting footage and sound together, especially considering that you, uh, especially considering that you went through the hard production process of shooting the film. I feel like the film editor is the person creating the film, dictating the pacing of the story, and inputting their own vision that a film director may not have originally in mind. Thank you very much, Andy. That is a great answer. I fully agree with you. I, I'm glad that hopefully we do your love for editing justice on this show. God knows I bring it up a lot. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And that's why you see it's, I always love watching, you know, behind the scenes documentaries of films. And it's always really important when in the post-production process, the main aspect of that from a filmmaking perspective outside of just, you know, VFX, et cetera, is the director working with the editor and how important that is. Because at that point, sure, the director's, you know, he's got the performances from the actors that he wants. He's got the shots he wants, but it's all about bringing it together to tell that story, like you're saying. So. Very, very important. Thank you. Uh, Luke Redin said, I appreciate story most, 
especially how ideas are worked into the storyline. I hate movies where there are no co- uh, consequences for characters or there's a random device which magics anything the writers want. I think I, I think I slurred my word, which magics anything the writers want. My apologies. When twists are implemented for a specific purpose that creates discussion or a specific theme is expressed through symbols which isn't shoved down your throat, nor too subtle. You know you're watching a good film. It's a fine line. It's a fine line, but I totally agree with you. Based off that, it sounds like he might have, if you appreciate the story, he might appreciate Infernal Affairs. Yeah. 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 But he only gave it a 6 out of 10. So. Yeah, strange that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Luke. I mean, yeah. We love, uh, dude, thematically is obviously my word of the decade because I use it all the time. And it, what you're saying resonates with me so much and how far do you go? And I think Wonder Woman 84 is sort of an interesting example. You know, Fitzy will know. And I don't know. Oh, yeah, Luke saw it too. Yeah, he'll know. The fact that I think it is a situation where I appreciate what that movie is going for, but, you know, it definitely goes on the down your throat side of things. But then, of course, you do see the, the too subtle aspect a bit in films as well and i'm someone who i think if you're weighing up the two things i prefer they go a bit more down your throat than too subtle you know what i mean i sort of prefer if the film you know i don't want it to hammer me over the head a thousand times but through its dialogue basically sort of tells me what it's going for i do appreciate that um because sometimes i just need someone to spell it out to me you know all right how do you guys feel about this question? I don't know if it's my favourite, but it's something I've been like... I think casting is something that I've been like thinking about, like appreciating more recently in terms of just wow. like how, how big a role, you know, that plays and how important, um, I think, casting even like minor characters and uh, stuff is in a you know, film. I think there's a quote like casting is like fifty percent of like the film, which maybe I wouldn't have agreed with before. But yeah, I don't know. I think I, I like just uh, I'm beginning to believe. I'm a believer in the in the power of casting. <laughs> sure. I mean, dude, I didn't even consider that at all. That's very specific. Yeah. No, I think you're going to make me a believer too. I'm going to have to start thinking about it for sure. Yeah, because it's easy to talk about performances and characters, but yeah, 100%. How do we get there? Would you like to go, Jaden? Um, if you want. Um, I think, uh, like, set decoration and, like, like set design and, like, you know, like, all, all that kind of, like, aspects, or just even, like, locations, you know, like, just, like, anything to do, like, with the actual set, I think is super underappreciated. And because, like, you know, you can't, you can't shoot a scene without a good set, you know. I think, I think, I think, I think, like the set really enhances everything. You know, it enhances the acting because, like, like we said before, you know, the better the set, the less the actor has to make up in the environment. The more they can just, you know, focus on themselves. And I think, like, you can't light, you know, like the, the lighting is impacted by the set, and like, you know, the, the the quality of the production is impacted by that. And even the story can be enhanced by the set. So, um, yeah, I'm totally. gonna go with a set design. Great answer, great answer. Um, shocker, everyone. Mine's the screenplay, as always. Um, I just, you know, I thought about this a little bit, actually, and it's a, it's a thing where, you know, I'm obviously, you know, huge into video games as well as 
people may know. But so cats. <laughs> so cats shout out. But it's this thing of you know in games conversations are had of you know what's more important in the in the process of development you know and when we talk about graphics and we talk about you know uh, in, in games as well of course direction of cutscenes and performances and score etc you know what really is important and you know I think it comes down to a game is played therefore gameplay is the most important you know that's sort of my logic with that um, and sure I love talking about graphics and all the other things as well. Um, and they definitely impact the gameplay. But at the end of the day, gameplay is the core. And that's why, in my opinion, story is the core. Because at the end of the day, sure, film is absolutely a visual medium, but that is only half of it. Film is a visual storytelling medium. It is a medium which tells stories visually. You know what I mean? And that can be through any means, whether or not it's, you know, you can do that obviously without any dialogue whatsoever. And that's that's awesome. But for me, it is that story aspect of a film is the way in which we consume it that is most important to me. So I don't know. That's why the screenplay is most important to me. You know, I I can appreciate if someone throws together two hours of just, you know, panoramas of really cool sets and amazing cinematography. But if if the, there's no if there's nothing to it, if there's no story being told, then I'm gonna give it a two out of ten. You know, that's just that's just me, of course, but but yeah, that's my answer. So like what when you say like the script, well, what element of the script do you mean? Do you mean like just like how the story changes and goes from like A to B, or like do you mean just like the the how the dialogue sounds? Or I'll go with being being honed in. Yeah, well, just everything, you know. So yeah, all that hundred percent. The plot, the structure of the film is a big one for me. Um, you know, order of events and how we build to. Uh, narrative points and plot points we want to, you know, get to and just general, you know, structural things we all learn in basic English of climax, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, and, of course, how we get there being, you know, dialogue and, yeah, absolutely. I hope that answers what, you, what you're asking. All right, that's it for Cinema Effect this week. Fitzy, what are we What are we watching next episode? Oh, my God, it's Jason, Jason Bourne. We're doing Jason, Jason Bourne. We're doing Jason Bourne franchise, baby. Um, the first one is uh, wait, let me guess. <laughs> it's Bourne supremacy, is that it? No, identity, no. Is it? yeah, I did. that's it. Okay. Is it that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's the identity. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, that's what we're doing. Are these on Netflix? Uh, um, I think it is. I think it is. Is it? No, I'll just stand. Oh, no, I thought. On oh shit! Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. <laughs> this is not very helpful to the audience. Um, it'll the pinned comment on the YouTube video will tell you for sure. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Could be on Stan as well. It is on Netflix. I just had a quick look. Sensational. Okay, there you go. There you go. I'm pretty sure they are on Stan as well, though. So uh, yeah, Stan, please sponsor us. We're not we're not banning you. I don't know, man. I, I'm sort of backing out on Stan after Undertow. after Undertow. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a traumatic experience for me. It's also on Foxtel, so... Oh, okay. There you go. And I'm sure you can find a DVD rip on YouTube if you want. (laughs) And I'm sure your auntie, your uncle, your grandma has a copy in their cupboard too. You know, you can do that if you want to. I don't know. can be anywhere. can be any any way you can watch it, whatever you like. Go down to the local video store and rent it out for the night. Those definitely still exist. Uh, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the Bourne Identity. Yeah, we're going to... 
what am, I, what am I going over this for? I was going to say that it's the only one of them I've seen. So I'm excited to do this franchise because I haven't really experienced it properly. You know, I'll dive back into identity and then we'll go from there. It'll be fun. So watch along with us. I have not seen any of them. Cool, cool. All right, guys, thank you very much for joining me as always. Appreciate you. Appreciate I appreciate you too. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see everyone in the next episode of Cinema Effect. Please take care. Have a great one and goodbye.